It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another edition of the Purdue Report at LettermanRow.com. That's Tim May, the 40-year vet. That's Andy Baxter. I'm Spencer Holbrook. Again, normally the practice report. I'm having some fun, though. It's the Purdue Report, and it's a Wednesday in the woody. Late start to the uh, processions here. Uh, I don't think Ohio State was done practicing until kind of late. So it's a little later than normal. We're going to try to be a little quick, Tim. You know what's funny? They're going to practice early tomorrow. That's why we're not getting our lightning round with – with Ryan Day because they want to get more in sync, you know, their circadian rhythms or whatever you want to call it because they've got a noon kickoff on what promises to be a rainy, breezy, maybe even windy, uh, chilly day in Ross Aid Stadium. So uh, that's why we're not getting our lightning round uh, tomorrow with Ryan Day. But I think we've asked enough questions, the primary one of which is, like, what was my big takeaway? Even though I didn't get to talk to Justin Fry, you guys took care of that. I was over with uh, Larry Johnson and some other coaches and players, but is this offensive line going to presto change get fixed overnight or over a week's time? Uh, I find it hard to believe that could happen, except you are going against, what, the uh, 11th-ranked rush defense in the country in Purdue on Saturday. So we'll see where it goes. But that, that's, the, that's been my question since the season started, and it's definitely my question now is, when is this offensive line going to come to fruition? Yeah, I talked to Justin Fry a little bit uh, about that and if he's ever been a part of an offensive line that has just kind of struggled, struggled, and then just snapped together. And he said, well, yeah, you have that unit, those kind of units all the time. Yeah. With, with Offensive line play is almost conducive to that, where you struggle, struggle, and then you just figure it out. They're trying to figure it out, Tim. They're talking about coaching. They're not talking about personnel. I would not expect to see a different five out there. I wouldn't expect to see one swapped out. But they're talking about coaching. They're talking about scheme. They're talking about paring things down, making things simplified. Um, I'll have a full story on that at LettermanRow.com on Thursday. But for now, it's just whatever you can do to get better, they're trying. And uh, that's not like desperation. I don't think we're there yet. But it's certainly understanding that there has to be some sort of uh, urgency to get this thing figured out, Andy. Yeah, and there was urgency even with Brian Hartline, too, who was asked about it. He said, you know, it's not good enough. It's not good enough right now. And he was asked the question, well, could you pass more to open up the run? He said, I don't really see it like that way. You know, it was more of the same language we heard from Ryan Day about not abandoning the run. There's not really a solution by throwing the ball 70 times per game. As Ryan Day mentioned, they did that against Purdue, of all teams, in 2018. That didn't work out too well. So. See, they seem to be on the same page there with not wanting to shift in terms of philosophy, but again, with the exact scheme and with the exact coaching and execution, there seems to be more wiggle room for change. You know yeah. what's interesting is I hear that I hear that notion all the time. You got to pass more to, 
to, to basically open up the running game, meaning make the defense respect the passing game more. And I'm going, what team in the country would be preparing to play Ohio State and not have respect for its passing game? Yeah. And its wide receivers. So you go into the game already with that respect of the passing game, but Maryland clearly, what a lot of these teams are doing, and you know, I try to explain this to people sometimes is, when you kind of throw guys up there into the box, especially that extra guy, and you bring him, well, you're also helping your pass defense because somebody's got to pick that guy up, which occasionally that doesn't happen. And when you play defense like that, if that guy just keeps coming, now either he gets picked up or he, he bothers Kyle McCord in the passing game. You understand mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So it, it kind of like makes sense for defense to play them the way they are. But then again, it doesn't because nobody's beaten them yet. Yeah, well, and we saw Indiana try to do this. We saw Notre Dame try to do this. And Notre Dame had some success in that regard. I'm talking about of getting to Cal McCord uh, when the run wasn't there. Uh, and we saw Maryland have a little bit of success as early in that game. But as it went on, I mean, you know, Cal McCord and the and the uh, receivers torched Maryland the last 20 minutes of that game. Well, here's the deal: defenses don't respect the Ohio State offensive line right now. They, they just don't. Their linebackers are being very aggressive in the running game because they know that somebody's not getting to them at the second level, and they know they can they can uh, get in there and, and, and make a play. Right, but the theory is when you have an the, extra man the, in the box, you know, it should open up the passing game more is the point, you know, that mo that, we're, that we're making here. And the, yeah. And uh, so that's the point. It's not shutting down the passing game much at all. I don't think it is, but I also don't think that any defense right now respects this Ohio State offensive line. Manny Diaz made it clear without making it clear last week when he said, <laughs> the Penn State defense coordinator, where he said, my opinions on this, on the Ohio State offense are very clear. Like, he knows that this offensive line is struggling. Uh, Purdue knows that this offensive line is struggling. Ryan Walter said as much in his press conference. So, like, it, it's very clear to everyone what's going on right now, and it's up to Ohio State to get it corrected. Um, and until they do, that's going to be the focal point of conversation in this building and in these videos. Like, we can't do anything without talking first about the offensive line, Andy. Everyone's taking responsibility, including Kyle McCord, who said he's part of this, too. Yeah. You know, he needs to start faster, which will help the running game as well. Even if it's not a pass game opening up the run game, if he just hits his few throws to start off the game, like, that gets the defense off balance. They can't stack the, bu the box as much as Tim mentioned. They can't send guys in to, to blitz as much and pass rush you know so there, there's got to be a balance and there's got to be a commitment to that balance and i think that's why you're not going to see change really in terms of like run pass splits but they want to see obviously the change next i just you know it's just amazing that we watch a video of like the maryland game for example you see josh simmons drop blocking a guy 10 yards backwards uh down the line and yet the the, the run on this one play went for like one yard because where the, where the player ran, where there was the point, the initial point of attack or not, that's where he ended up. And the running back just gets stopped for like a one yard because three of the guys were in stalemates at the line of scrimmage. What you're not seeing is this offense. That's just an example. There are a couple others with other players. Uh, that's just an example of you're not getting that push up front for whatever reason, whether it's the extra man in the box, et cetera. There was one play, for example, they ran off left tackle um, and Caden Curry, I think, was in the game then and made a pretty good block on the edge. It might have been Cade Stover who made the block on the edge. 
But the bottom line is, if if uh, if if it was chip, it was chip training him. If he had cut inside instead of bouncing a little bit outside, he might have run for 10 yards before he got hit. You understand? This is like when Ryan Day explained. This is a combination of a lot of things. That's a great example of it, and it's a combination of running backs needing to be a little more patient, possibly. I would expect to see more Mayan Williams on Saturday. I just think when you watch him run, he does bring he does bring the wood. You know, he does bring it. Uh, we'll see where that goes. But he's he developed a little patient streak about him last year, which I think paid dividends. Travion the same thing. I like Chip. I mean, I'm not bitching Chip by any stretch if I'm a coach, but. I think I'd like to see more of Mayan Williams in, instead of less. So we're not getting to watch practice. We don't know why that that is going on the way it is. Those reps are going on the way they are. But uh, there's something to be said for patience and seeing and your eyes taking you where they, they ought to take you. So it's just almost every running play, there's one thing that just goes bad. Well, and that's the only way to explain it. Well, Justin Fry did say there's only two plays where they were hit for negative yards or zero yards. He said, we're getting twos and threes. We need to be getting threes Correct. and fours and get them into big plays. And it's a lot of boomer bust right now. It's 61. Twos and threes basically tell you you're getting stalemates at the line of scrimmage. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, exactly. And he, he knows that too. He's paid a lot of money to know that. And so twos and threes are not good enough is the bottom line. What is good enough right now, though, is this Ohio State defensive line. You two both talked to Larry Johnson. Andy, I will start with you. I did not hear a single word Larry Johnson said. I was fixated on this offensive line. If you can't tell, I like talking about the offensive line. I like writing about the offensive line. So on Thursday, we will have more offensive line coverage. But you guys talked to Larry Johnson of the defensive line. What did you learn in that conversation? It seems like Larry Johnson and everyone on this defensive staff just has a better idea of what Jim Knowles wants in year two. We're seeing yep. these defensive linemen playing a lot more. Tyler Williams is one of them playing 70 snaps last week against Maryland. Now, Larry Johnson said that that's maybe a little too much. They, they don't need him to play 70 <laughs> every week. That's a lot. Uh, but the bottom line is that he's playing a lot. Part of that is to make up the time he missed in the summer. Part of that's just because he's more fit. And the same thing goes for the defensive ends, especially JT Tuimolua, who played all the snaps against Notre Dame, played all but nine snaps against Maryland. And it really comes down to what he said is like a trust between him and the players to know how much they can play and ask them, Hey, are you tired? Can you keep playing? He said the Notre Dame game, there was only 25 snaps in that first half. And he said that was a key contributor to them yeah. playing the whole game because he was like, they were fine at halftime. He asked them, he said, no, we're good. We're good to go. So that is the way it's dictated with that rotation because he was prepared to rotate in Notre Dame, but he didn't because his players said that they were fine. Yeah. I think that, that honesty and that trust between them is really important to note. I think this defensive line has been delivering for the most part, the goods, and uh, not necessarily the sacks. But you know, if you go in a grocery store now, some grocery stores, you have to pay for those sacks anyway. So sacks are overrated uh, when you can just carry it out in your arms. But that's me, that's how cheap I am. Bottom line is JT Tuimolo, I was playing a hell of a, has had a hell of a year going on so far. Caden Curry, the last several games, has gotten more time and you see why, because there's an energy factor with him out there. But then Jack Sawyer also stepped up in several plays last week against Maryland yeah. from a pressure standpoint and from being slow playing. Like he slow played uh, one running play where he was kind of left unblocked and he could have just gone off the reservation, but he didn't. He played it exactly the way you should play it. 
and uh, I think they got a tackle for, for either no gain or maybe even a negative yardage on that play uh, with everybody else doing their, their part. So I like the way this defensive line is playing, but not only is the defensive line playing extremely well on the defense, but Caden Curry, which I'm going to write about for either tomorrow or Friday, whenever you decide to run it, uh, he's helping out with the offense and it's short yardage situation and it's running game uh, conundrum. And the way he's, the fire and brimstone he's bringing to that, well, they don't call it fullback. I asked him, what do you call it? He goes, whatever. I goes, okay, to that whatever back position that he's playing uh, is more and more paying dividends for them. I think you're going to see more of that, not less, as this season goes on because he does bring, he does bring it when he's in there. And that's what they like because he is a, as Larry Johnson said, he's a football player. Yeah. When you watched him play in high school, you were, as, you were as impressed by what he did on offense as what he did on defense, you know, over in Indiana. And uh, so that's, that's my take on, uh, you know, the conversation with Larry Johnson just adding to what uh, Anders, you call him, Andy Backstrom said. Yeah, this defensive line, I think, is, is playing at an extremely high level, but the entire defense is too. Um, it's really a tale of two lines right now. Uh, it was the best of lines. It was the worst of lines, Tim, as we talked That's about. That's one of the best of lines and worst of lines also, yeah. that line you just had. Yeah, the best of lines and worst of lines. I'm not saying the offensive line is the worst of lines. Okay? No, it's not. It's not. They're, the pieces are there. But you're talking about a tale of two lines here where the defensive line is just simply getting it done and the offensive line is not. And, and why are we saying that about the offensive line? You know why? Because they can't run the ball. But turn on Michigan's video and watch that offensive line take charge. Yeah, turn I on mean, Penn State's you know, offensive line Tim, and watch them take charge for the most part. That's what's coming. Tim, you don't have to turn on Penn State's. You can just stop it at Michigan's and say that's what you need on the offensive okay, line. But, that, I mean, I'm, throwing, but that, I'm saying they yeah. played Penn well, State. Yeah, well, yeah, but that, that Michigan offensive line just simply moves people. I had it the, does, man. I had the distinct displeasure of watching Michigan-Minnesota with a Michigan fan. Therefore, I was not allowed to turn the Michigan game off even when it was an absolute shellacking and I couldn't watch the other games. Um, so I watched 60 minutes of Bully Ball. And that's exactly what it was. It was so, exactly what it was. Ohio State would love to get there with the Bully Ball. P.J. Fleck could not. He went on for like five minutes with one sentence describing what Michigan looks like on offense and how outstanding they got and how much better they got as that game went along how much more imposing, how much more dominant. And you can't argue with that at this point. Uh, well, Ohio State is in quest for something similar uh, before they get to that game, and may, maybe even next week before they get to the Penn State game. But this is all about Purdue, I think, is the way you introduce this. Well, Tim, it's called the Purdue Report. <laughs> and that's where we're going to leave things, on the Purdue Report. Tim May, the 40-year vet. That's Andy Backstrom. I almost called him Tim Backstrom and Andy May. That's OK. Uh, Just don't call me late for the interview. Well, we're already late for dinner, so we're going to get out of here. That's the 40-year vet, Tim May. That's Andy Backstrom. I'm Spencer Holbrook. Thanks for watching the latest Purdue at Practice Report uh, at LettermanRoad.com. Go join the club. Become a member $1 for one month, and we'll talk about the pricing after that. For Tim, for Andy, I'm Spencer. We're going to get out of here. Thanks for watching. We'll see you guys back in here on Friday for bold predictions. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.